Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that's available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions and to interviews, this is Indie Comics. We'll do it. Yeah. I know. I always try to get us to introduce ourselves. I can't talk. You're great. Oh, thank you. We're all great. We're I appreciate that. We're going to do the thing. I have seen uh, band plays um, where they actually mess up their start and then they restart professionally. Oh. I thought that was interesting. Wow. I, I like that. I like that. It creates like a realism into the performance. It. It's like yeah. Andy yeah, Kaufman. I like reality. Just like, yeah, yeah show me what it is. But you think day. that would be like something a professional wouldn't do. They'd just be like, oh, I messed up. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. But I've actually like, seen it. Nope. And I thought it was kind of interesting. This sucked. We're going to do it again. <laughs> I mean, you can do it right now if you could restart now if Honest. you wanted to. But that it is true. Be like a yeah. big deal because it's edited. And there's been many episodes where we kind of almost did that. Yeah. Well, that's what I like. I've been listening to my favorite murder podcast and they like will always be like, we're gonna edit this out in the podcast so you know that they didn't i know i'm not like, gonna edit was... this out even though we've been recording this oh we're recording <laughs> yeah this is how you start right? oh dear yeah. this oh, is dear. the start of a podcast another indie comics a week late but we're here actually no i think it's actually gonna be no it's on a time Nah, it's a week late you know what a wizard is never late or early tyler You're right Here indie right. comics comes out exactly when it's meant to and we're getting another lord of the rings book but that's oh, for a different God, podcast so... Excited. Okay, so who, who, who's <laughs> yeah, here? That's something else entirely. But... Who's here right now? Maddie is here. Hello, everybody. Oh, and Jeff is here. And we have an awesome guest, Justin Kirkman. Hi, I'm Justin Kirkman. <laughs> I feel oh, like Tyler and I go. are always like, we're like, you know, in the yeah. sound bar when it goes up and down really fast. And Justin Kirkman is right. I'm going to use your full name. I don't know why. I know. You're, you're right in the middle. I'm yeah. only going to call I you Justin I love the Kirkman. name. I love the last name Kirkman. Yeah, it's a good name. Yeah. Are you related to the... Other Kirkman? Uh, there's no comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Okay, so what? Okay, so first off, what book are we reading this month? You you choose. Um, so I have this uh, series called Infinite Glory. Um, mm. It's kind of one that it's going to be there for the long haul. It's uh, my first book that I actually started. Um, I have a couple others as well, but that's the one that's key. And what is it about? So the premise is it's uh, 50 years after the teleporter between worlds was destroyed. They have multiple groups of ancients behind society kind of pushing to control the one that's destined to rule the world, a, a young boy with no memory of his past. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I love those kind of I love those kind of stories a lot. What, what inspired so, you to start it? So I kind of always had those like dreams and that you kind of like – think are awesome so uh what started me to uh kind of go through this process was like i actually had this dream that was so vivid you know so many colors and different things through it so i was like this is really cool so i woke up and i like started writing it down i'm like this is really cool you know i like this scene i like how this sets up and it's just when you see something that cool you just want to share it so um i started stitching together a few dreams i had because i used to have just so vivid dreams wait would like the dreams like connect kind of like with story or yeah so um some of them were kind of like a little stretched but um once you kind of had the starting point you kind of like uh what is the main theme of this this inter interaction and you can kind of pull that together and especially if they're very similar like characters so you just ch kind of change the setting a little bit for what it is okay that's awesome do you still dream a lot um, not as much right now. I'm too tired, I guess, <laughs> which is opposite. But is there like, like a recipe for the dream? You got to like, um, yeah, anxiety causes lots of dreams. Yeah. That's why you have a lot of people that have problems that are better at writing and creativity is because that, that vividness, your body's trying to tell you something. So 
through your dreams, it kind of moves into that. Yeah, the and, world gives and, and takes. Two squirts of like Tabasco sauce, or yeah, two yeah, two things of Tabasco. Add in a little bit of uh, sage. No, yeah, you get a well, also, if you have like interrupted sleep, it kind of adds to that because you're mm-hmm. always dreaming, but you don't really recognize them. If you have a lot of anxiety yeah. and it's interrupted, then that will happen. Yeah. Oh, I know that very well. Actually, don't, I never remember my dreams ever. I occasionally do, and I started like a dream journal recently. Oh, it's just on my phone, but I'll like open a note, and right when I wake up, I'll just write whatever I can remember because sure enough, an hour later, I will not remember it at all, and then I'll be like, oh, look at this dream. I, they're always weird. I've had a few dreams that I remembered, and like weird. those stick with me for a while, but like that's it. Like nothing else. I never wake up and remember anything ever. Well, <laughs> well you got to be careful you write your notes actually kind of good because – you might just have some random scribbles that comes up later and you're like, this one's great. But then other ones like, why is what's a Yeti doing a lawn mowing his lawn? What's this have to do with anything? Right. Like, That's <laughs> fine. I like, it's just random. Oh my like, Lord, how did you get into my dreams all of a sudden? <laughs> do you dream about like people, like people, real people, or is it all like, fictional? um, so I, I have before those. You, I think everyone has those dreams where it's like so vividly yeah. accurate yeah, and then yeah. you wake up and then it happens the next day almost exactly. And you're like, that is creepy. Wait, really? You've had a dream that like happened in yeah, your life? Um, I've, I've had premonition type dreams. Yeah. What? I don't yeah. have. Mine are all like zombie weird stuff. So I'm really glad they're not yeah. premonition dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Except it's for the not one time I dated thing, Richard right? Armitage in my dream, that was great and could definitely happen, guys. But, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. You, yeah, you dream and then it happens. Um, but I, I think you, what kind of how it is, it's not like predicting the future. I think you have all this like nonverbal stuff that's going around you. Oh yeah. And then you can kind of pick up that, and then sometimes your dreams will just kind of make that more realistic. Or do you think you. you like fulfill the dream because you have? Uh, it? I don't know, but it, I'll tell you what. When <laughs> sometimes when those dreams happen, what will ha- you you have that sense of calmness mm-hmm. because then you're like, oh, I already know something's going to happen today. And then it just happens, and you're like, "Oh, that well, that sounds seems like that should be." What That's did. some mystic stuff. I yeah. don't know. I have never dreamed something that happened. One time, I dreamed that my friend. Actually, this is I've had multiple Richard Armitage dreams. This probably tells you too much about me, but um, <laughs> he's definitely not listening, so we're safe. Um, uh, one of them, though, I, we were like together, and he was. I don't know if it was like my husband or my boyfriend or what, but one of my friends like tried to get him to cheat on me with her. And, like, I found out about it, and then the next day I, like, saw her. It was back when I was in college, like, many moons ago. And I was, like, so mad at her. And I I knew it was from the dream. I was like, you didn't do anything in real life. I just had this terrible dream. And I so I had to tell her about it because I was, like, treating her weird. And she was, like, dying. She was like, I promise I would never steal Richard from you. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. This is definitely going to happen, so I'm glad to know. No, it's, it's even better when you, you're angry at them and they're like, what, why are you, you angry that? at me? That is you Richard know? pretty much listening in and pretty much saying, get me Very away from me. this girl. My yeah. Twitter is Miss Madeline 11. <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah, wait. So So anyway, the book, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Round hey, dreams are important. Yes. So what, like, what was your dream like that inspired this one? In, in well, so the actual scene in my the, in the dream was uh, I was actually watching this like kind of like very vivid very like symbolic uh scene in the background you kind of see people in the uh kind of like having a discussion like one's like on a big tower and the other ones are kind of like chasing them but they see me once one one of the guys sees me so it starts chasing me and i run up a tree and of course you know how they kind of stitch things together there was like something on his back so it i i like climbed the tree but he had like a superpower so he could like jump like 50 feet up oh. to me oh. so he in the middle of him grabbing me and falling back down i grabbed the uh, device off his back and then like placed it on his face and then when it landed it turned into a jetpack and i started flying so oh, i was cool. like this is really cool and then yeah. um and then i landed in a junkyard 
And then uh, one of the guys from the scene comes up and lands. And um, the device that I just flew on started, like, gathering all the junkyard, hitting him with stuff as it started forming into something. So that's – you can actually see that in the Infinite Glory book, actually, that scene to a certain extent. Um, And that's kind of what started it off in there. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. I like that. That's super cool. I like jetpacks. I like people falling from 50 feet in the air. (laughs) <laughs> and not just because of so the Rocketeer. Scary. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Rocketeer. Pretty what cool. made you feel like comics was a good like format for it? Like, why um, make it into a comic? Well, so I originally am more into animation. Like uh, Japanese anime is my favorite stuff. Really? Yes. Yeah. So ah. uh, have you seen my room? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nobody's um, seen your room, Tyler. So going off of that, I always wanted to do an anime, um, but I didn't have the backing for money to do that. But I I heard that my friend created a comic book and then I kind of picked his brain a little bit on how much it cost and how to do it. And so I could create a comic book for a few thousand dollars as opposed to a million dollars for like a graphic series and all the people. So, um, yeah. (laughs) So someday would you love to turn infinite glory into an anime? Yeah, that's the plan. I, I, I wrote it as kind of like that arc kind of feel, of as well um if you watch a lot of animes you see that they have a lot of characters a lot of world building and stuff like that and you'll see um throughout the series they keep jumping to different people tell you the backstories always developing it a little bit more um so that's kind of how mine is feeling um but going back to the start um, that makes it a lot more difficult because then you have a lot of more mini plots and as, as well. And you have to intertwine that instead of like the traditional arc plot where it's just yeah. one big story. Um, and you'll also alienate some audiences because although anime, a lot of people like anime and they like all the characters, they like the world building, they like the action, the di- it kind of alienates your, your crowd too. So if yeah. you, if you do like a, uh, traditional, movie it's it's a little bit more difficult so i also have another one that i'm working on that's more of a traditional one what anime is specifically do you think um kind of got you kind of go on the right track i guess inspired well what anime inspired especially for this one for your storytelling and how you told the story well i mean i i kind of like didn't really pick one specifically at start um and i just kind of was spitballing off of my ideas and then when i finished i was like well the ones i typically like are like stuff with not much fan service so you have like things like trigun you'll have full metal alchemist and like avatar those are like my kind of my base ones where it's still like it's more inclusive with the the community and it's not like definitely um like in a lot of animes you feel i feel like nowadays there's a lot of that sexualizedness to it yeah and it makes it hard for me to kind of go into that crowd and you go and you'll go um like when I was at WonderCon and I was selling a lot, I saw some people looking for that type of stuff. And I'm like, that's not really what I do. So if you want that, I can maybe go somewhere else. But like, um, so I guess it's trying to find that audience for that niche of those type of things. Yeah. More friendly. When I feel like focusing on the storytelling and focusing on the world building and kind of, especially those animes that you listed are, are very focused on that. I just watched, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, guys. Yeah, I'm My still in the middle of rewatching it for the third time. It's an emotional pit of despair. So good. It's the yeah. worst anime ever. Don't watch it. <laughs> it will ruin your whole life. Yeah. My friend showed me an episode <laughs> at WonderCon. She was like, Great. you'd love this. Like, we should watch it. And I was like, okay. And she thought, she, later she was like, I thought we would just like watch an episode or two. And you'd be like, cool, I'll watch more later. And I was like, you really, you really thought that that's what was going to happen? We watched the first two chapters of five 
that weekend. You got to fix all funds. It was mm-hmm. terrible. It was but, terrible. But don't watch the live action one. You'll be yeah, sad. no, is it bad? See, I, see I, <laughs> oh man, that's just for another podcast. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> FMA podcast. We'll yeah, be back yeah. next week. Shukai. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's uh, that's so interesting and cool. But um, so, but what did you want to do to kind of put your own stamp on it, since it is anime inspired? But then, of course, it's you know, this is a self published American book. So did you? So you wanted it to be a, like like anime, but like even Avatar: Last Airbender is kind of um, you know America centralized with a little bit of storytelling it just it has like it's it's full of you know other different cultures um i guess world building but it's still kind of a very american-y like story uh, i i don't know like avatar to me still feels very anime because you have a lot of the yeah. the uh the japanese style you have a lot of the kind of like chibi like feel with like all the yeah. goofiness and stuff Cute like that characters. which is great um, you have uh, the animals. You have yeah. a lot of that stuff that kind of pulls in that feel from the other culture. Um, while American cartoons, I feel, are a little bit... I don't know if... They, I mean, there's some that are great, and yeah. there's there's some to pull around, but I don't really know of any off the top of my head that I'm like, that's one that's great. I mean, if you look at some of our old ones, like Thundercats, yeah. like I, I watch that, I try to watch that, and it wasn't that great. But then you look at like uh, Robotech and stuff like that, which is Japanese and yeah. it's still old and it's still great. You watch yeah. those things. Um, I hear G.I. Joe might be pretty good, some of them. But it yeah. also, I all I, when I remember yeah. it, I remember like the more you know at the end, the yeah. corniness of it. But what about your book specifically? Like how do you, um, you kind of Americanize it kind of like what Avatar did? Um, well, I, I guess the the thing is, since it's a comic book, that's kind of people feel feel like that might be like um, different than a manga. So, I, having it as a comic book makes it different than the anime feel, okay. because most people that watch anime would be like, "Hey, where's the manga of that?" or something. So they'll they'd have the book flipped around, they'd be reading the other direction yeah. and stuff. So that's kind of that feel. Also, I think that it's because of the the way that society kind of goes now, you have a lot of people are trying to put in the indie crowd are pushing away from that superhero stuff yeah. and um, trying to branch out into different venues. So, like, I think that would be helpful um, in that aspect. Okay. So the dialogue and the story is essentially like very, very, very like anime inspired, where and then the format of it is just kind of for like American um, audience. Because it has a lot of mini plots, you have a lot of action in it. Um, so you have a lot of characters pushed into it. Um, so some people love that stuff and some people might be more like, Hey, I, I need this traditional thing. So when you're editing books for that period, you got to understand some people just like certain styles and some don't like the first way I wrote it is, uh, was very, uh, more archetype. And then some people are like, well, where are these answers? So then I start throwing in some more stuff. And then other people are like, now I'm confused on certain Nerds aspects. really like so, their answers. you yeah, got to give a yeah. lot of answers. <laughs> yeah. So it's I'm thinking about splitting some of that out and pulling mm-hmm. it into another book. Because you, you can't have – if you have too many characters in that, it can mm-hmm. kind of draw because people start loving certain characters. You look at Star Wars right now. You have like how they had the subplot of Finn and that going off into the other group. They they added that because people wanted more story for that. Yeah. But then everyone's like, well, that's just kind of taken away from the other flow. So you have a little bit of that dialogue. And it depends on how well they do it as well. So Yeah. 
Well, it's always the hard part, too, because it's like everybody has their favorite character and everybody has the thing that they love and it's different from everyone else's. And so you're never really going to satisfy everybody. But there is that kind of balance between focusing on the characters and focusing on an overall narrative. All right. Well, one thing that I noticed that you were talking about earlier, I mean, you were alluding to it some, but you were talking about the state of indie comics and everything. But a good part of indie comics is self-publishing. But what I want to ask you is, what are the best things about being a self-publisher? Well, I think the good things about being a self-publisher is you can basically have full control. Um, you oh, can yeah. do whatever you want. Everything um, the light touches. But the, the problem with that is you basically have to do everything. So you, if you don't have – most a lot of people don't have a big team. So it's right. – uh, next thing you know, if you're the writer, which most people are that creator own, that um, next thing – you have to start doing the marketing as well. You have to do – um, the, basically the art directing as well with that. And then right. you have to do, um, production, shipping, you know, and, and by the end of it, you have, what is your craft that you're trying to focus on? And if, if you're a writer and that's what you need to focus on, you start having to pull, be good at a lot of different other things as well, but that you don't have a hundred percent of your time because you have to do other things. So that's the, the bad part of it. But the good part, like I said, you can, do whatever you want. You could do yeah. mini plots if you want. You could do um, artistic ways, um, more um, different styles, and you you have full control of that. No one's going to say you can't do that. Yeah, um, and like uh, also you can also say you know what I am going to make another issue, so I can I can draw this out. <laughs> yeah, but um, I I think the cost of doing everything yourself is kind of uh, difficult for a lot of people too because a lot. Most people that self-publish do a day job as well. Yeah. So balancing those things is where you have to do that fine line when you're working as an indie publisher. Yeah. I mean, I find that like also with like just um, comics in general, with especially like you know having things out there like the Hero Initiative. Like it's it's not, and it that's something a lot of people don't understand is that like working in comics is not all glitz and glamour. Uh, <laughs> you know, working like, in a lot of things is not all. I feel yeah. Like you always uh, very true really make a, a, everything so beautiful on the other side. And you're like, oh, but if only I could do that. And you're like, no, it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. But, yeah. You ever get the sense, though, that, uh, I mean, you mentioned how, you know, by doing everything yourself, it seems to put a lot of pressure on you. But do you ever think at the same time, well, by doing it yourself, you're going to kind of have it done the way you want it to then, since you're kind of managing everything. Um, I, I think then. it's good to do that. Um, I think also collaborating with other people can help that as well. Um, the other issue with, um, just doing, doing that, it's, it seems like, uh, sorry, can you repeat the question? (laughs) Well, spitballed off of that. By, by, by doing it yourself, do you think you're, you're essentially getting the sense that, okay, even though I'm taking on all the responsibility, I also am confident that I'm getting the product that I want done the way that I want it to, without having to delegate someone else to do something and think they're they're going off the path of what you originally thought of by doing everything yourself. There's you no think? oversight. Yeah. 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 I, I think like if you have a more of a collaboration on that, it's better because then you can uh, have other people to look over it and make sure that it kind of does it. If you're doing it all yourself, um, you might run into some issues of not being able to um, connect with people. Sometimes I was looking at uh, this guy the other week that, um, he rewrote his story like over three times and has published three different books with the same thing. Wow. And, Whoa, okay. and, and his story is and it, the story is about the same. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, you get new artists, you get all these things in here. 
but you're spending all this time right. doing it the way you want to, but it's it's not like commercially available. Yeah. So it's you, you can get it to the best artist in the world, but if your story's not there, then it's going to be very difficult and you should just move on and and work on your craft more. Yeah, um I agree. So so can you do what you want? Yeah, but is that always the best way? Is that going to give you the money? Is that going to give you your success? Um, working for other people, putting yourself in awkward positions makes you stronger because then you have to adapt. And by adapting, then you'll grow. Um, but if you're always doing it your own way, it's going to be more difficult to grow. Yeah. I feel like that's such an important point, especially for self-publishers, when you don't have maybe you have an editor, but it's, you know, you don't have the, the kind of system that you have when you're a published uh, comic that sometimes I think people write things for themselves versus for other people. And I think that that's a really, like I, I, one of my friends is writing a series of fictional novels and like, she's so willing to change things and to update things and to make it so that people can understand it and enjoy it. And it's not for her. She's not doing, you know, it's that whole kill your darlings thing, which I kind of hate because your darlings are wonderful too, but um, yeah. you never know. It just depends on what's in service to the story. And I think it is, it's like, are you writing it for you? Or are you writing it for someone else? Or are you writing it to tell the story and like taking those editing suggestions and figuring out what's best, uh, I think is so important. So it's great that you're, you're doing it for the story and you're doing it for, for your readers. And yeah. that's awesome. And going back to it, if you're writing it for yourself, um, which most writers pretty much are, um, <laughs> then it's, it's good because you don't have to compromise, yeah. but sometimes bouncing all ideas off of people kind of helps a little bit so, as well. And that kind of leads me into my next question that I was going to ask you here now. You work as a duo. What can you say to those who are interested in self-publishing with their friends, family, or possibly even other partners? So I work with my wife, and she does more of the marketing side of things um, uh, as well. Okay. As far as my artist, uh, I have an artist that's uh, overseas, and I work with different artists as well locally and some other places so i mean collaborating with people you have to kind of know the people and how they work and and where you can push and where you can't how so, to communicate yeah how to communicate and um you have to balance that of if you're going to be too harsh or you're going to be right too uh soft but like working with people it's just over time it's always going to be easier for the most part, right. I think when you're first starting with someone, it's kind of like, where are you going to go with this? Where, where, where is the direction going? And like, you never know, like on deadlines on where they're going to be doing right. and how much slack you want to give on that yeah. as well. Um, because you give people too much slack, they, they basically hang themselves mm -hmm. or this is what the saying goes, or they right? Take yeah. yeah. Or they take advantage or you they get put away on with your rope. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you also think if you're an indie publisher, you're probably going to be working with people that are doing stuff for like maybe DC or Marvel as well. And you're they're going to be paying them more. So you got to also understand that uh, their time is on their, their living and it's more right. important for that. So you keep yeah. getting put on the back burner. You have to make sure that you can uh, kind of manage that. Um, so, but the way that I've kind of done the best is if I keep going to these shows, it pushes me to push people harder as well. Um, when you go to sell because you know you need something for a convention. If not, then you there's not as much pressure. So um, that's sometimes good. So, But so, then you can yeah. kind of run away with it. So this is exciting. You work with your wife. Did that? Were you guys married before you started working on comics yeah, together? So, or how did, how did that come to be? So basically, um, we were looking for a... Yeah, so <laughs> me and my, my wife has basically been dragged 
through this, for, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. She um, loves it. It's her yeah. favorite thing. She, she actually loves it. She wasn't oh. big into like uh, anime or any of that stuff. But um, she is now. But she, yeah, you're right. She is into <laughs> certain things. <laughs> right uh, she loves all the cute little plushy type stuff. Oh, yeah. That's the best part. And... You know, it's she's starting to understand it because originally when we were starting to do this uh, company, we were trying to think of a way to make money off of it, kind of maybe even branch into something else eventually and kind of say, hey, if you're doing a comic book business, then maybe uh, the same structure will be for other things as well yeah. when you start a different business. So um, her learning the, the the craft on that side of things is, has been very beneficial. Um, going to conventions and having her to be able to sit with me or, or, or market for me is very beneficial that I that not everyone has. You'll see like um, people sitting at their booth; they can't go around their network, or they can't go waste money like we all do. So. <laughs> yeah. For yeah, better exactly. or worse. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have another question? Oh, I'm sure. Dog, fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really cool, and I feel like it's special too that like you can push each other and like really focus on your relationship and like you're creating something together, which is really cool. I mean, it sounds like you're mostly doing the creating, and she's kind of helping market it. Yeah, but it it cr becomes kind of both of your yeah. Baby. Well, we do. She does edit for uh, my children's books. Uh, we have some children's books that we do together too, and we're going to yes. be doing some uh, more. And I'm going to have her write a couple, and then I'll do the editing for it as well because we have a new baby, awesome. so we want to start branching yeah. off the yeah. Congratulations! Yeah. 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 Uh, a month. <laughs> a month? Oh, my, like a really yeah. new. Nice. Yeah, wow, so. that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, what, here's, here's a question that I love asking people. Oh, what yeah. about your characters really connects with you? Like, do you feel like that you're reflected in your characters or is there any of them in particular that you feel really, um, yeah, just deeply connected to? Well, I, I think all the characters have something about you in them. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone kind of is like, oh, is this like character, the, the sad one, or is this one the happy one? But, <laughs> you know, it's like, um, although you can do that kind of archetype stuff, um, it's, it's not necessary. Everyone kind of moves in their own beats. Yeah. So people will change throughout the series. Um, so what they might have started as may not be who they are later. Yeah. So you sometimes you're you might have a bad day and you're like well now i'm gonna make this person do something different too you know like <laughs> well maybe like, he had a bad day may, too today yeah, maybe i'm maybe i'm happy and i want to make the sad guy happy too you know like mary pissed yeah. me off so steven's dead yeah <laughs> pretty much I, I feel like the game of thrones person had that going like right <laughs> yeah. who am i gonna kill today yeah do you have a favorite what a favorite character or anything and in my books um i actually like uh in the next one vincent he's one of my favorite and he's he's the sarcastic one because he had some problems in the past and it's yeah. like he's he knows that he can go off the handle at any moment but he's just so like i'm gonna help you not really you know like, <laughs> <laughs> like i'll kind of so walk over here really. and not do anything but yeah. there's reasons for that and his character yeah. kind of has like if he goes too far then he won't be able to stop himself. Yeah. And that's kind of like that. You, you, you know, all those characters kind of have something hidden. Nice. That's great. All right, let's do the rest of our uh, questions and then you'll do lightning round. Sure. How's that sound? All righty. We have our questions. We ask everybody, do you think this is the golden age of, of any comics? Um, I think the golden age was probably a little in the past um, when you had image coming out and doing their thing. I, I, I think now what's good about this age is anyone can create a comic book. So you'll have anyone that wants to, they can create their own um, on the flip side of that. That also makes it kind of saturated. So uh, you have uh, both sides of that. 
There are a lot of writers that suffer from writer's block that prevents them from finishing stories. Now, when it comes to crunch time, how do you overcome it? Um, I, I usually have like so many notes that it's just finding the time. I think once I start, I don't really have a writer's block. But the thing is, when you're just starting is the difficult part. It's not, not having the knowledge for me. It's more of just like, I don't know, Googling or doing something stupid and just wasting your time on other things. But once I start, I just kind of write for about six hours and I could probably write the, until I just until my brain just stops, basically. Yeah. So um, I don't really get writer's block because I'm one of those people that takes lots of notes. So if I ever do have a problem, I just go look at those notes and say, hey, this Yeti mowing the lawn thing sounds pretty cool today. Let's write about this. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> awesome. And um, awesome. what have you been reading? What have you been reading lately? Um, so I've, I've been reading, um, more like stuff that I pick up that's kind of independent at conventions. Um, I did read Saga, um, uh, not that long ago. I've been reading that one. Um, and I'm, I'm and my, uh, Destiny Horizons, I, I've been that's reading that one. one too. So nice. And then, um, the, the question that we ask everybody, uh, <laughs> because of Joshua Williamson, Oh yeah. um, what uh-huh. is the worst review you've ever gotten? Um, what was the worst review? I got a review for someone saying, why is this guy eating on this page? And why is he eating again on the next page? Um, it was just something specific. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird, wow. but like, um, he's like, well, I, I think the, having a bad review, it, it doesn't really bother me per se because yeah. it's like, it's something to grow on. And sometimes people's opinions are, are not really what you're looking for anyway. Yeah. Um, I had someone wouldn't read my script because it wasn't in the script format he liked, but <laughs> then I had it in the story in like a, the same script in a movie format and he read it and he liked it, but it's like, it's just stupid things. And t- sometimes like people just don't want to look at your stuff because it's not what they're into. Yeah. So oh. I wouldn't really think about like, bad reviews or or being disappointed with something i mean that's all just a step for us to grow i just think it's weird because that guy did he said that there was too much eating i don't think there's enough eating in comics so i mean i'm, yeah. I'm excited so. Actually, i was gonna say that too i don't <laughs> see enough eating in comics either so, now so i'm really intrigued that guy is wrong yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> already it's time for a lightning round all right i have some fun questions uh just say the very first thing that comes to your mind like it, even if it's not like the ultimate answer just whatever oh, you, uh, do your questions yeah. or to like just, just pink elephant you know like. i'm just gonna ask you like for example like what's your favorite anime okay and then you just answer it right away sure. whatever it is what's what is what is your favorite anime? oh that was a question that was okay. the first one. um I, I do like avatar um because it's just like it's it's and and it's just like it's it's so great because it's uh like Nick, Nickelodeon made it and which which is yes. weird, but like it's just uh, so great and I have a flying uh-huh. bison uh, bison uh, that he just handed me because he loves <laughs> it as well. So I got I got uh, the approval of the bison. What, what <laughs> yeah, bender yeah. would you be then? What's that? If if you're an avatar, what what kind of bender? Um, I would probably be an airbender because oh, I just want to fly. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to fly. Uh, fictional character you feel most like? like fictional character. Oh. Um, Just whatever first. I Blank. I don't know. <laughs> blank no man? Mr. Blank, blank Man. Yeah, the blank guy in yeah. like the... Blank Man. Oh, know. Damon Wayne. Does that mean that you feel Hollywood side? That's that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's anyone that I just relate with. Um, yeah, I can't think of anyone. That's fair. Character that makes you angry. Character that makes you angry. Are there any that you just don't like or that um, you like to hate? 
any anyone that kind of like that I, I hate that guy in i don't even know his name but in uh game of thrones that was Ooh. like killing people and like doing like oh a oh, ramsey ramsey or joffrey was he blonde or no, i think it was ramsey he was a guy that like uh tortured that guy to the point and, yeah like, ramsey yeah. yeah i really yeah, that hate ramsey, hated yeah. that guy yeah i like hated hating him like there's yeah. some people you like cersei love to hate her yeah ramsey, yeah there's nothing yeah. to love no hey, not at all agreement around the room favorite movie favorite movie um, I, I really like Black Panther right now. Um, oh, yeah. it's, uh, I like Wakanda it when forever. when movies just come together and they have good writing to them to, with the substance. Yeah. And I, I kind of look at that one compared to like uh, um, how it's it, it does have one character through it. But I kind of go on a tangent on how like the Avengers was really good because it had a whole bunch of mini plots in it. But they had all the characters built up beforehand. Right. Yeah. So you had full stories in there and it worked. But then you looked at the one that's uh, DC. I can't even remember. Cause Justice it's so great. League. Yeah. Justice league. They <laughs> yeah. tried to do a whole bunch of mini plots for it and people didn't have any relation with the characters. Right. And then I they gave Batman it. a gun and I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, no, I wholeheartedly favorite superhero. Agree. Favorite superhero Batman now. Oh, we asked you that at one time. Did you ever watch Batman, the animated series? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, to me, that's the best American cartoon. I like Batman Brave and the Bold. That one's fine. But um, I like Batman, the animated series. I'm also, I also really like uh, <laughs> Chris Pratt's character in oh, Guardians. Star-Lord? Guardians. Yeah, Star-Lord, yeah. Yeah, he's solid. But in the movie version. Yeah. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> he sucks in the comic. Why do people like yeah. him in the comics? <laughs> Favorite comic? Um, favorite comic. I, I really like Saga right now. I think yeah. it's really good. It's it's interesting that you have a comic book that has like a love story in that, and it's it's kind of the main point of it. But you have all these like random people coming in and just a lot of moving around. All right. Favorite dream. Favorite dream. Well, I guess that one I wrote about, right? <laughs> the one that made your comic. That's yeah. that's all. Worst dream. You never know. You could have won Worst the lottery, dream. and then you just started just spending it like crazy, and they're like, you know what? That's my favorite dream. And then it happened the next day. <laughs> <laughs> what's your worst dream i do now that you mention it i did have a nightmare when i was a kid uh oh, no. i walked in there i guess i watched the uh, gremlins or something where that guy got pulled <laughs> under the the like chair or something oh, no. or the desk oh and yeah got, and i had this dream of like me getting eaten by the couch which was kind of vivid i also had this like weird it wasn't peewee's playhouse <laughs> it, it probably was i don't know <laughs> um but there was like this secret wall in our house that came out and it had this like hand that had legs on it and oh, it walked no. out and it was just a giant hand and <laughs> like kind of eye and it was like chasing me. It was like the creepiest thing uh, ever. That's some Full Metal Alchemist stuff, though. They get weird by the end. Yeah. I'm just like, if more hands come out of this thing, I swear oh, yeah. to God. <laughs> I was like traumatized by the black hands, and my friend was like, I'm so sorry. There's going to be Actually, a Actually, that sounds like a Guillermo del Toro yeah. movie, honestly. It's the worst. All right. My Hero Academia right now. I've got two more. Favorite convention? Um, That's a hard one. Um, I liked Megacon for sales in Orlando. Um, what was great about that? It's like a four day convention, but, um, the thing that's good about it is like people in like, when I was there were really friendly. Um, they would come by and it wasn't like I had to really sell. They were just like, Hey, what's this? And they would talk to me and it was very like, Hey, I feel like a lot of the conventions around LA area are just oversaturated right now. Yeah. And it's very hard to sell and it's very hard to kind of get in that group. I also like Palm Springs Comic Con. The mm. not to be confused with Comic Con Palm Springs. Um, yeah, I've heard, I've heard uh, it was funded by a Kickstarter. It was actually the first convention I went to, and oh. um, there's only about 200 people there, but they're all kickback, uh, Kickstarter backers. So oh. they're all like friendly, and I I sold that. All, I think I sold almost as. Yeah, I sold about as much as WonderCon. Wow. And there's only like 200 people there, wow. so that shows you Amazing. that almost all of them like. 
we're cool. buying stuff. So yeah. that's good. Buy the stuff. Uh, final question. This one should be an easy one. I hope. What favorite podcast? This one. Yeah, good answer. Oh my. Come back anytime. Here's your dollar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're paying him off now. Um, cool. Thank and, you so much. Yeah, where can yeah. they get your book? Um, I have it online at kellycomics.com. Yeah. Um, I also will probably be at conventions coming soon. C-A-L-I-C-O-M-I-C-S dot com, yep, y'all. Dot com. Um, you can also follow me on Justin J. Kirkman on Instagram. I post a lot of free art up there. That's really cool. Nice. For next and the books. website has a really cool map, too, where if you want to go buy it in person, there are all kinds of locations you can go to. Yeah. yeah. That's right. awesome. Digitally. Yeah. Well, thank you Maddie. so much. Thank you. And thank you, <laughs> dear listeners, for listening in. Our podcasts are available on iTunes and any other podcast app. And, of course, on our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com. We have articles, events, and other podcasts for you to enjoy. You can stay updated from our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we stream on Twitch. Check it out. Intro is provided by bensound.com. And you can buy Infinite Glory at kellycomics.com. That's C-A-L-I comics.com. So come and enjoy the gathering. Have a great week and G-G-G. Whoop, whoop. G-G-G. <laughs> <laughs>